0: hey everyone welcome to the sliving with sickle cell podcast my name is barbara biosa and i am a sickle cell warrior ceo and fashion designer of luxury women's wear clothing brand dumabai and founder of the gideon's treasure foundation and i am your host today from the queen paris hilton sliving means slaying and living your best life we all deserve to do this I'm here to bring you all the fabulous tales, the struggles, and the triumphs of living with sickle cell anemia and running a business with a disability. There has been many highs and many lows, but I think it's important to share your stories and journey. We will be discussing some important topics and inviting some amazing guest speakers to share their experiences and their journey. This podcast is dedicated to help spread awareness of sickle cell anemia Uplift and build a community of ambitious people who may have a physical or emotional challenges that make being an entrepreneur or following your dreams that much harder. Hey! So today's episode, I have the incredible Jenica from my friend Jen with me. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Yeah, thank you. How are you? <laughs> Good. Thank you so much for joining me. You are making an incredible impact with your organisation, My Friend Jen. It's been featured in Forbes, BBC News and ITV and you're honestly a big inspiration for me and I'm so honoured to have you on this show.
1: Thank you so much. That's so nice.
0: Please start by telling me a bit about yourself, your background and just so we can get a bit of feel of who you are
1: okay so my name is Janika Leah as you know I'm born with sickle mm-hmm. cell my parents actually had an idea that I may have sickle cell because my brother was born with the trait and um, but mm-hmm. they opted to not um. have the kind of pre-embryo test done to find out if I was going to have it so I was born with it and they mm-hmm. found out kind of six months later from the heel prick test and um, I start oh, okay. with that or I lead with that because I feel like that's like the beginning and the foundation of this whole journey that I've been on with myself and my friend Jen Mm -hmm. and everything that I do. So I guess growing up with sickle cell, I felt quite isolated. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really understand my condition. Um, I couldn't explain to people what was happening and how it was affecting me, essentially. So that kind of led to me... um, I guess, shine away, not really wanting to talk mm-hmm. about it, which yeah. then kind of, I'd done a complete 360 when I got into kind of like my my early 20s and started to experience all of these different complications that I had no idea could come with sickle cell. And that just really made me want to make a difference and almost do, do something that I felt like children with sickle cell... Um, would be able to benefit from, so to speak. I wanted to create yeah. something that I wish I had as a child. And so I think in that sense, that was kind of like the motivation behind the children's books, my friend, Jen, um, just being able to have something like tangible that you can yeah. use to explain to friends and family. This is what I have. This is what yeah. I go through. This is how you can help me to stay well, stay living, and um, stay healthy. And that's exactly what I managed to do with my friend Jen. And then from there, it just took me on. I'm still on the kind of whirlwind, whirlwind of a journey.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so incredible. And I'm excited to get tucked into more of that a bit later. But um, tell me, what way do you think your upbringing impacting the way you handle your sickle cell, like in terms of family or growing up in the UK and stuff like that?
1: Um <coughs> I think having sickle cell, it made me almost like, I think growing up, I felt like there weren't, there were things that I weren't able to do. I very yeah. much felt like I, um, you know, had to shy away from things. Uh, I was, because there wasn't a lot of understanding around sickle cell at that time, my parents yeah. just knew this is what she has. And they knew like basic things like, oh, she has to keep warm or um you know she has to drink plenty of water so there were a lot of things Mm. that I weren't able to do not and to me wasn't for any particular reason so I almost felt like very kind of timid like wrapped in a ball of cotton wool. as much as they wanted me to experience things I also felt like there were just some things that I just wouldn't do and I think in myself there were some things that I didn't kind of I didn't even want to do so things like Mm if it was snowing it was never really exciting for me to go out in the snow oh, not because yeah. I don't like snow but just because I've got this it's kind cold. of thing in the back of my mind like don't do it yes oh. so it's almost like that kind of just impacted my childhood uh, so much and being the only person in my family that had sickle cell Again, it was kind of almost like an isolating kind of feeling. When I was sick, no one really knew what was happening. It was just like, oh, I'm in hospital. Oh, Jen's in hospital again. Like, you know, everyone kind of rallies together and shows support. But I think the biggest impact at that age would probably have been on my parents. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really have a care for things that are going on in the world. (laughs) But for them, I know my mum used to have to take time off work and, you know, yeah. people coming to visit you, making sure that you've got everything. I think most of the impact would perhaps go up, would be on them. And that's something that is not often spoke about, spoken about.
0: Yeah, so true. And that's something that's and so important to highlight. Like when you have a family, it's not only the person with the health condition, but also like the siblings, the parents. The same with my upbringing, like going to hospital and stuff. My mom actually knew, she had a, her brother had sickle cell and that's um my foundation, Gideon's Treasure. It's in honor of him because he passed okay. away sadly. And so like she grew up, because he was the youngest, she grew up knowing what it was like. So when I was diagnosed, she kind of was like, she did her dissertation at university on sickle cell. She was, she was very like herbal teas, trying to make me not just go to hospital from the little pain, trying to like finding ways to manage it and stuff like that. So I definitely grew up with that kind of person, like, winter I was always antisocial I couldn't sw- mm. go swimming and, and all that kind of stuff so it's it can be very isolating but at the same time um I think it was just like for me it allowed me to learn how to um what my triggers were and how to still yeah. like find a balance of I can still be sociable because I am an extrovert but still you know find ways like I'm always the girl carrying a huge coat <laughs> and cardigan <laughs> wherever I go or like <laughs> making yeah. sure that I you know I I Car was so important to me because London is we're basically winter all year round, so I'm always like, I'm gonna be the biggest
1: thing. I was like, I need like passing my driving test and having a car was like my main focus for so long. Because you're just like you wouldn't important. leave the
0: house if you didn't have it. No, <laughs> you just like no. no, like the train, the cold, the
1: wind. I'm like mm-hmm. no, <laughs> so cute, no, too, um, too much. I think that's yeah. good though that you having that experience or your mum kind of having that experience mm-hmm. and being able to, you know, you mentioned like herbal teas and things like that, like more like holistic remedies. Yeah, I think. yeah. Sometimes I think like when you've been through it, it's it gives you this extra kind of added, I don't know, like added like toolkit to be able to manage what you're going through. Because for me, I know that throughout my childhood and like my early adult, my young adult years as well, I was very much dependent on like medication, medication, whatever the doctors were saying, that's what I was taking, that's what I was doing. Um, And now I kind of feel like almost like that caused a lot of problems for me now. Yeah. So it's interesting that you mentioned that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like um, my uncle Gideon that I mentioned, he was very much on the medication and my mom, and then he had like complications through that. And so like, it was something that was like, my mom would even be like, I oh, know this is probably not a good practice, but she's like, sometimes bear the pain. She specifically made this tea called banana tea where you like, Bowl, the skins of the banana mm. skin I used to be able to take it because it was good with iron but now I think I have too much iron too much so I iron. can't take it anymore but like yeah. because of the anemia and everything it was helping when I was younger and so it was stuff like that but of like you said she learned it from experiencing like her own sibling having mm. it and seeing it and so um I mean that's another thing with awareness that's why it's so important the more people that know about it the more it can really help be helpful to like people living with sickle cell um so tell me a bit about um your channel and uh, my friend Jen I would love to know like yeah everything from where it started to like where it's going
1: right now and um gosh where do I (laughs) where do I start (laughs) I feel like where do I start Uh, (laughs) so if I'm starting with kind of like I guess The, the channel, um, which is, you know, obviously I've got, I have a YouTube channel. It's so weird because I really feel like at every point in my journey, it was leading me to kind of like my final almost destination or where I was gonna end up. But yeah. you don't know it at the time, right? You kind of just go on and then this experience is preparing you for the next one. And yeah. the next one is preparing you for the next one. So I started off doing kind of like YouTube videos, just like in my car vlogs kind of <laughs> thing. I don't think many of them are on the channel now because sometimes you look back <laughs> and like cringe. Yeah. It's be. <laughs> but I started doing like vlogging in my car, um, just about kind of like Everyday experiences. I would sometimes talk. Well, a lot of the time, I would talk about sickle cell because I maybe was on the way to the hospital or I wasn't feeling yeah. well, or you know, there was always something. But I feel like that just getting used to talking to the camera and being out there and outspoken was kind oh, of yeah. just a preparation. Yeah. Um, during lockdown, I think that's when I really kind of honed in on what it is that I really want to do. Um. Mm-hmm. So I started a podcast, it, uh, which is my own, just personal podcast. Just like a weekly podcast talking about everyday positive things and yeah. life lessons and things like that, which is called Salted Popcorn because it's my favorite snack. Oh yeah! <laughs> so I started that podcast during lockdown, and that was a whole new experience for me. But also got me used to just speaking to the mic, having no one there, and just being yeah. able to vocalize what I was thinking and how I was feeling. And during that process, um, I embarked on. A project with another sickle cell warrior as well Um, and you know we we kind of formed a team of people to work on uh, a sickle cell podcast or a podcast that was Mm -hmm. you know going to be all about sickle cell Mm -hmm. and we've been fine-tuning and honing in on this podcast Mm -hmm. for for some time so that's something that will be um, released Mm -hmm. or probably will be released by the time this is out I don't know (laughs) um, (laughs) which is coming out, which is let's talk about sickle cell Oh. So it's uh it's a it's an emotional journey and a crazy journey yeah. in that sense, but I do feel like everything that I've been through has been preparing me for what's to come. So yeah. in terms of kind of like me being outspoken and me just kind of sharing more, spreading awareness and stuff like that, yeah. That's just kind of like one element of it. But I think mm-hmm. everything stemmed from my personal experience of just thinking that I've got this condition and nobody knows what it is and maybe I could pretend I don't have it (laughs) (laughs) having like a stroke and needing blood transfusions and having my gallbladder removed and needing a hip replacement and it's like you can't really hide these things Yeah, yeah so it's better to just kind of be outspoken share my experiences because when I was going through all of these things I didn't know anyone else going through them. I had yeah. no one that I could kind of speak to, tap into. Um, you know, social media wasn't even like, we didn't have Instagram back then. This is like in the 90s. So yeah. it wasn't even a thing then. So I didn't have like a community. So being yeah. able to build one, um, it's really been motivated from my own experiences.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And it's so important. Like you have no idea. And it's the same. There's a lot of people... I've met with over the last year or so with sickle cell and the same thing. It's like, they didn't have a community before. And again, the isolating thing. And it's so important, like how to just relating to somebody, like even when we first um, spoke on zoom and we I kind of met it was like so fun to have like oh my god yes this and like yes. that kind of relatable thing and it yeah it it really helps I remember I was part of a sickle cell support group when mm-hmm. I was like 18 and it was the first time that I'd actually joined one or met other people with sickle cell so I knew my uncle and like my family knew about it but I remember going there and then and because I was 18 I was saw like a lot of older people there who had children and stuff like that. So there was that positive of like, oh, they have children, they're married, they're living long. Because I remember when I was like 15, I saw in an old science book that, um, and I'm gonna talk more about this um on a later <laughs> episode, but it said that this about, they only lived to like 21. I don't know if yeah. you've ever seen a science book that saw that. And I remember I was having beef with a girl at the time and she saw it and even like came over and hugged me because people knew about <laughs> the sickle cell. but Because, because she thought was, he was going
1: to die at 21. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because like I used it a lot in school as in like, oh, I can't do PE because I have sickle cell. So because yeah. there was a period of time where I didn't see that there was, and now I, I understand there's nothing wrong with sharing. But at mm-hmm, that time mm-hmm. when I was so much younger, so it was like being a, Um, in that age in school and then getting to the teenage stage and then being like oh maybe I shouldn't talk about it to now like okay speaking about it more but um I remember seeing that and then when I joined the support group and seeing older women who've had children and stuff it was like that positivity but at the same time it was also seeing like people that had like bad complications so there was also the fear of that and it was so it's kind of it's so great because it opens you up to like there's positivity and then there's also that kind of like (gasps) Like, could that happen to me? But I think it's more about that. And that's why I started to really push into, like, knowing my triggers, listening yeah. to my body and stuff like that. Yeah. Because it's like, you, yeah, you learn more as you grow and when as you build a community and you see other, you know, warriors like yourself doing incredible stuff and like their stories.
1: And it really just helps as well it's it's true I think you know when it comes to kind of like support groups because there were when I got to a certain age I there was like uh, I grew up in Birmingham and there used to be kind of like meetings or things that would happen with mm. um you know support groups and people that had sickle cell and it was it was like you it was great to see you know maturer people with this condition yeah. you know living in their 50s 60s yeah. and you know they're still here but what I found I remember I think I went to like one or two and I remember saying to him I'm like I never want to go back to yeah. them again and I don't want any friends that have sickle cell like I it completely put me off because it yeah. was really negative
0: yeah everything
1: that Like, you go in and you think, oh, my God, this is great. There's people like me. And then all of these people are saying, oh, this happened to me, that happened to me, and this – and it wasn't really like – it wasn't even really like, oh, like, I had a stroke. Or it was more like, you know, the hospital don't listen. It was like, Mm. uh, who's got it worse? Who's had the worst worst experience? It was really horrible. So I think in – Building your community, um, and even with what I've tried to do, you have to find what works for you because there can be communities. And I think when you're at different stages or when you're living a different experience of sickle cell, um, a different group may be the one for you. So, for example, if you are – I remember going through a period where I spent a lot of time in hospital. I Mm -hmm. was, you know, I I was really unwell. and. Having people that could relate to me, having people that have been in the hospital for days, weeks, and stuff, yeah. I re- that really supported me through those times. But yeah. being in, let's say, the, the the stage of my sickle cell experience that I'm at now where yeah. I'm, I'm more healthy. I, I think anyway, I feel more healthy. Yeah. I look healthier. Yeah. Um, I spend mm-hmm. less time in hospital and I'm trying to, mm-hmm. to manage my condition more on a holistic level. I, it's almost like I don't have much in common with the other community that I had before. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, what medications have you taken? Have you done this? Have you done that? Yeah. And I'm not doing any of that anymore. So, so true it's it's kind of like a journey of like <laughs> zigzag up and down yeah and you have to find people that can support you through that period at the time yeah um, oh that's good yeah that's, that's really something good. that I have learned it's a difficult acceptance though because you think you meet people <laughs> and you just want to bring everyone with you but yeah suddenly you're you're living a different experience um yeah and so you either you can get stuck there or you, you you know you choose to kind of take a different path
0: yeah, definitely. And that brings me to uh, my next question as what are some of the like major challenges you've experienced with sickle cell and how you were able to overcome them?
1: Um, I think my biggest challenge was losing a friend uh, many years ago, mm. uh, Nathan. I had He was one of my best friends. He also had sickle cell um, and it was so mm. strange how it came about because obviously from the experience I had like when yeah. I was younger, I was like, I never want to know. I don't want to know anyone that has sickle cell, yeah, it's just of because of, you know, it just sounds like a terrible thing. And yeah. um, we met in college, and we were just similar. You know, we didn't really want yeah. anyone to know. Like I, I could tell he had sickle cell because his eyes were yellow, and I was like, Do you have sickle cell? He's like, No. I was like, Me either.
0: But we both knew, but we both were just like, yeah, me
1: either. So it was like, we were both on this same journey. Like, eh, we have it, but we don't want, we don't need the yeah. world to know. Um, but losing him was, I think, not I think, it was definitely probably one of my biggest, like, challenges, almost. Yeah. Mainly because when you know have someone that you're so close with and that you you do a lot of things with, you've had the same experiences and, you you yeah. know... It, when you're down you, they can pick you up and all of that kind yeah. of stuff and then having them pass away from something that you know you have yeah that's it really scary. kind of mentally, yeah. like it, it does have a huge impact um, Definitely. and then a couple of years later I ended up having a, a really bad kind of liver liver complication mm-hmm. um, and my doctor just saying yeah you know this is exactly what you know Nathan had so we know how this ends up and it's just like in that what? whole experience. No, of like, yeah. Yeah, so that was like a biggest challenge for me, um, but also a turning point because it kind of motivated me to think, okay, well, if I'm going to die young too, I just want to do everything that yeah. I want to do and get to a stage where, which is where I think I'm at now. If I ask myself this question, like I think it was during COVID, um, if my life was to end now, how would I feel? Like, do I feel like I've achieved enough? Do I feel like I've done enough? Um, yeah. And I actually feel content with kind of what I've been able to give, what I've been able to share, Um, you know, what? I, how I've been able to educate mm-hmm. some people that maybe didn't know about sickle cell and resources yeah. that I've be able, been able to provide or leave behind, like my children's books. Um, I kind of just feel content with, yeah. with everything um, and I think that's a really it's a nice place to be uh, just at peace I guess but it still just motivates me now to kind of think oh I still got time yeah. let me do this and let me do this and let me do some extra things so it's really good so I think my main yeah. challenge is that another challenge has been just kind of the, exp- the, the experience of being caught up in the medical system. Mm. and being caught up in the NHS being caught up with listening to everything that they say and thinking that they actually know and have your best interest at heart i don't yeah. believe that's always the case and i feel like the more i've the more i've kind of grown into a space of knowing the behind the scenes things of sickle cell mm-hmm. and research treatments pharma yeah it's almost like <laughs> I've known too I know too much now (laughs) 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 yeah you guys can't keep pulling the wool over my eyes because I know you have like you know tick boxes I know you have to do a number of surgeries you have to have a number of people on (laughs) so just knowing that and kind of growing into that space and then applying all of that knowledge to my own experience Mm -hmm. that was that's been really challenging for me and then still having to have a communication with with doctors and haematologists because for some reason and I don't know if this is just me but I always used to feel like the doctor was superior to me probably because they had a PhD probably because they've got you know years of experience (gasps) in sickle cell even though sickle cell is my condition when I moved over to adult care I very much felt like it was like talking to a parent so even though I might feel like this this is really what's happening and they know um, best um, oh no I'm like <laughs> I know my point, used But feel. I
0: get I, yeah but I get from that point of view because when you're in hospital you're kind of in that vulnerable state state and you're kind of like what caused this yes. especially for somebody that's not always frequently in hospital you're kind of like what is it like what's I know happening? I'm kind of like yeah what's happening is there something wrong and then they're like what did the blood say
1: that's what I'm saying and then it's like whatever answer they give you you suddenly you think okay this is what's happened this is why it's happened yeah this is the solution I have to take this or I have to do this and then yeah it's like you know like I don't it's like difficult to debate with your parents if your parents says a and you think b how do you challenge that it's like learning (laughs) to communicate with them that was a, a a real challenge for me Um, but but we got there I guess and it's just an experience so I think those are probably the two main challenges that I would say I've experienced.
0: Wow and thanks for sharing that I'm so sorry about your friend and um, the point that you made about um, you know kind of in that sense where you're like I think for me it was always like not in the sense like, oh, I could be gone tomorrow, but in close to that. It's like you're just like, why not do this? Why not push? Why not yep. um you know, yeah. And I and I think that's also quite it's it's that's been my kind of motivation in a sense of like I've why not follow my dreams like you know one day I could I'm in hospital and like I can't physically do anything but when I'm well I can actually there's nothing actually physically stopping me and I think it's that kind of thing like even just waking up every day with no pain already that's like such a blessing that I'm like I'm yeah I'm gonna seize the day (laughs) yeah so already that's like motivation to seize the day and it in a way it's like a blessing in disguise because I think people who don't have a chronic illness or like you know something that continually can come to them they may not have that thing of like just waking up without pain is a blessing because they're like what I wake up without pain every day like this is unless yeah, I have that so it, it's nothing yeah. to
1: them it's like they'd have to yeah. they'd find something else that motivates them Whereas yeah I think for us like you said sometimes it's the tiny things that make us just so yeah. thankful and just feeling so blessed almost
0: yeah definitely Definitely. Um, okay so what exciting projects are you currently working on at the
1: moment you, um the podcast is the main one so we've got a podcast okay. which is called let's talk about sickle cell uh we have spoken to some absolutely like amazing people iconic people oh, um man. I won't mention any but the the amount of people <laughs> that we have managed to get kind of interviews with and conversations mm-hmm. with has been amazing um yeah, and good. a lot of kind of MPs parliament and that kind oh, of stuff and then that's also like good. Yeah. you know just everyday people living with sickle cell mm-hmm. um it's just been great so I'm really excited for that project to kind of oh, come to great. fruition and for everyone to be able to see what's coming of that, and hopefully it will be ongoing, um, mm-hmm. like an ongoing sickle cell podcast, so to speak. Yeah, uh, that's kind of come from the UK. Um, yeah. As well as that, I've been spending a lot of time in Jamaica uh, lately. Oh. Which, you know, a Few people probably <laughs> can tell from my stories. Um, but yeah. I'm in the process of, well, not in the process. I've set up a my friend Jen uh, charity in Jamaica. Oh. Oh, amazing so,
0: congratulations thank you so
1: <laughs> the plan is it will be like a sister version of what mm-hmm. we do in the UK mm-hmm. so it will really be okay. focused on um, education and awareness within the community one thing mm-hmm. I found like traveling around going to like Gambia and Nigeria is mm-hmm. that the stigmas are different So even though in the UK, okay, you might meet people and they know about sickle cell and there's a large community and some of us are Mm -hmm. very outspoken. When it comes to places like Jamaica, for example, Mm -hmm. it's so common. So people know about it but they don't know enough about it. They know about it yeah. because someone had it and someone died or someone had yeah. it and they, they didn't have no kids. So some of the stigmas that they have, like, oh, if you have sickle cell, you can't have kids. Oh, if you have sickle cell, you can't go to the river. yeah. Oh, you know, the stigmas are completely different. So it's almost yeah. like educating in a different way. Um, but that's yeah. a, something that I'm really kind of excited to get started with. Um, so yeah. we'll be doing kind of, like you know, fundraising events and things like that mm-hmm. to also try and support the Sickle Cell Unit, which is in Kingston. So oh. that's exciting. And then yeah, I guess, I don't know, just here yeah, that there's probably <laughs> something else coming up. I <laughs> feel like the entrepreneur
0: brain. Um, but on that point <laughs> of the stigma in like African and Caribbean, it's so true. In Nigeria, it's a big stigma, especially like with even marriage like some people may not want to marry someone with sickle cell especially yeah. maybe a man like if um you know they're like oh he's always in hospital or something like that mm-hmm. so there is that kind of I know because I was my mom was born there and like my uncle did live there until he's 10 until my mom brought him over so he also maybe faced a little bit, or it's like something that they would hide, which is not yeah. good because it's actually something that you shouldn't be. It's not like it's literally a genetic, um you know, mutation with your red blood cells. It's not something to be like, and it's inherited by both parents. It's not something that should be, but I guess in. African cultures, like, if there's just something wrong with you, that's already just, it's or not, not like wrong with you, but, like, them, it's, right? like, yeah. It's, <laughs> like,
1: yeah. If you're not 100% healthy or, like, yeah. It's crazy. So that's really good it's that insane. you're doing that. Even over here, like, I've, I've spoken to some people and they've said, oh, you know, you got that from your mom, And I'm, like... <laughs> babe <laughs> so like just come on do your research read <laughs> <With> the book <laughs> like it's just it's, some of the things that you hear it just like it's bizarre to me people are even convinced it's that crazy. I don't have sequel cell because there's no way you can have sequel cell look like that and I'm like well I know I oh
0: my god I get that all the time and you're just like invisible illness and what do you want I think if you're like looking like tired I all know, the time like, or like I have that's what they, they expect I like well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, why should I go out of my house looking like that like why if I'm I mean, actually well, we feeling fine we can't
1: that's the thing we physically cannot the times when we're looking like how you think I look I can't move I can't, yeah, move. I so can't true. do anything. so what do you want me to call you say look at me now I can't do anything yeah everything. like, like post the thing on Instagram like hi this is what you wanted to see or something and that's you know something that Um people in the community have have said to me, like, I don't show when I'm not well. And I don't know about you, but it's like even going back through my phone, I can't like I write in my diary like sick today or whatever, but there will be no photo evidence, no video evidence. Like I had a whole hip replacement, was on crutches for months there's probably like one picture of me with like the crutches in the in the the background like I (laughs) I don't I don't like to it's not a time yeah I just don't like to remember those times yeah I don't Um, like to document them however I really really kind of respect the people that do yeah I think it's so important that people that don't know about sickle cell or they don't know how bad it can be, that there are kind of people out there that share our realities because, yeah. you know, that that's the truth. Yeah. We, 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 we probably cover it up behind closed doors. Um, so I really respect the people that, you know, are brave enough. That open, yeah. They, they, just, they just show it. Um, Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I don't say I'm not there yet. I, I don't think I'll ever be. I just don't like to remember it. I don't like
0: to think yeah, about it. I- I think for me, when I'm like unwell to that extent, like in hospital or something, my phone, social media is not like, I'm not even, I I don't care. Like if I'm well enough to actually, because like if I'm taking like strong medication and I'm a bit drowsy, I'm either sleeping, drinking, or I'm just watching Disney or something, just trying to recover. Like my mind is literally not on like posting and stuff. And it's literally just like, (laughs) leave me alone. This is my
1: time to rest. (laughs) <laughs> everything so yeah I respect those and I think maybe it's this new are they called Gen Z I always get it wrong
0: like the next know. generation I don't even know what They're the age on TikTok. but yeah
1: um one of my mentees is forever on TikTok and she like recorded one time where um the doctor basically was like giving her a diagnosis of what was happening. Mm-hmm. She's got it all on on, on there. Like and I'm like, it's so good because <laughs> also there'll be times when I'm in the hospital and then my mum's like, okay, what did the doctor say? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, don't. you're I like, don't I, have, I don't know. I like not remember of... something like, this and like <laughs> Now oh, it's what? all documented. You're like, go to my feed. It's there. <laughs> exactly. Like, check out, you know, this post that I did.
0: So yeah. it actually, you know,
1: is a good That's in funny. a way. Um, yeah. But I guess it's just not, not my thing or well, not our thing, at least.
0: Yeah. But you mentioned the hip replacement. Is that, um? Yeah. was that the, I can't, I don't know how to pronounce it. The Avascular neuro- necrosis. Of, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I was diagnosed with having kind of a vascular necrosis in my hips when I was 17, yeah, so I was having like hip pain and just, what happened was I actually went to the gym, so I went to the gym and I was on this, I think it was called the cross trainer, I was (laughs) on a cross trainer and... Something just went like I just felt a little twinge in my hip, and then I was just in a lot of pain. So, originally, I just thought I've just pulled a muscle or something happened, but the pain did not go. Mm -hmm. So, and then I ended up having a crisis that ended up in hospital. Yeah. And when I was describing kind of like the pain, they gave me like a whole bunch of scans and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the results were (laughs) that I had AVN in both hips. So, a vascular necrosis is abbreviated as AVN. Mm-hmm. So I actually had it in both hips, and that's a condition where, because there's not enough oxygen getting to uh, the top of your hip bone, um, it actually oh, okay. means that the bone is essentially kind of w- wasting away um, because there's there's no life in it. Like it translates to bone death. So oh, the top of my hip bone was basically dying, and eventually it would collapse or crumble, and I would need a hip replacement. But I wouldn't probably need one for a number of years and they don't usually like to give hip he- replacements to people who are young blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. yeah um, and then fast forward to kind of like 23 so like 5 or 6 years later the pain was just excruciating like I was taking morphine twice a day. Wow. I, had, like, I was just living on all of these drugs and all these medications. Then I was having problems oh. with my liver. I was having gall, oh. Like, oh. problems with gallstones. Yeah. I just felt like at that time in my life, everything was just a blur and everything was going wrong. Like it was just a, a horrible quality of life to be living. So I mm. essentially begged to have my hip replacement um, and no, plan the yeah. date and everything. Like I was like, I'm going to do this, this, and I'm going to have my hip replacement. Uh, yeah. um, but it was the best decision that I think I ever made because since then, I, you know, I wasn't in any pain. So I was able to take less medication, which means I didn't, it wasn't a lot of as much stress on my liver and, you know, a lot of those things. I do think that a lot of the complications that we end up with Are sometimes as a result of the the way that sickle cell is treated. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, when we're taking all these strong opioids and stuff, it's responsible for cleansing your body, your kidneys play a role, your lungs play a role. And sometimes we just take all of these concoctions, and it's like as long as we're not in pain, we think we're fine, but we really don't know what's happening on the inside, which is uh, scary
0: that's what my mom has always been like with me and I think it was specifically because of my uncle because he did rely on a lot of medication and it he ended up having uh, I think it was a hole in his lip like his lung or something and that kind of caused complications to Uh led to his passing and so like my mom has always been like you know like you shouldn't just jump straight to the strongest medication sometimes there is something causing it and then like yeah it's just finding that kind of balance and I know it's hard because the pain is it's excruciating but
1: um the drugs are not really yeah it's so interesting that because I used to think like gosh this pain is terrible and I remember one point just thinking like people when I was younger I used to think oh people died from the pain the pain is so bad that it will kill you but yeah. that's oh,
0: not really what compl- happens yeah like, it's always no. a
1: complication complication and yeah. I remember when I was in Nigeria in 2017 and um I was speaking to you know people that live with sickle mm-hmm. cell and stuff and they were just explaining that you know they don't really get access to painkillers medications so or when they're when they have a oh, crisis yeah. they're just in the crisis mm-hmm. and they just have to take the pain uh, yeah. until it passes and I just used to like, it made me kind like, of what? realize <laughs> yeah it, seriously it made me realize how lucky I am hmm. that I have access to all this medication but it also made me like something click in my head thinking okay so the pain is not actually going to kill me What's actually yeah. killing me is the drugs that I'm taking to mask the pain. Because the pain doesn't yeah. go away. You just kind of, you yeah. know, you have to, that yeah. part of the brain that reacts to the pain, right? So and then as a result of that, I'm having this issue. I'm having this issue. I'm up every minute, like all of that stuff. Yeah, exactly. That kind yeah. of really changed my whole like outlook and on kind of like my sickle cell care. So There were times where there are times where I'll be or I'll feel like a crisis is coming on, and I will just wait and see how bad the pain is going (laughs) to get. And I know it sounds so crazy, but I feel like growing up and being dependent on medication, it's almost like a fear. So as soon as I feel the pain, oh my god, I need to take something before it gets worse. But actually, when I leave it, sometimes it doesn't even get that. It doesn't get as bad as I think it's going to get, and it also becomes Mm. bearable and then time, by the time I, yeah, like yeah. if I manage to get to sleep or something when I wake up it's gone so yeah just seeing how other people don't have a choice with how they manage their sickle cell really made me kind of think about how lucky I am and am I it made me question like am I even causing more damage than than is necessary uh sometimes yeah Listen, I have some crazy thoughts like Sometimes or that people may think are crazy. Like, why would you put yourself through that? But when painkillers make you sick and yeah, unable to communicate, sometimes... and unable to remember and cause more problems, That's trust awesome. me, you will try anything to not have to put yeah. yourself through that.
0: And that's exactly what my mum was like, bear the pain. Like there's even like heat creams, there's hot water bottle, there's okay, certain I'm stuff the, that like... Listen, this if put, you yeah. want an
1: ointment for pain, I've got it. I've tried it. i will tell you this one is good for the chest, this one is good for muscle, this one's good for bones. <laughs> I've got like on,
0: a big cabinet like, okay, which one? Yeah, I'm going to do this one,
1: we'll mix these two together. Listen, it's like a whole concoction going yeah. on of like natural remedies though.
0: Yeah, it, like, burns the pains, And, like, when you get the good... Because there's one yeah. my mum gets from Nigeria. It's, like, yellow. Oh, my God, that one. Is like, it abakini? Ab- Ab- yeah! Oh, abakini. No, yeah, no, I'm telling you,
1: I know. Don't listen to me, she not everything. <laughs> I've tried everything. <laughs> Even down to things, like... I know really this sounds crazy, but, like, boiling. Like, when I'm in Jamaica... <laughs> We have uh-huh. access to, you know, a lot of land, a lot of nature. Mm, so yeah. loads of trees and things and bushes grow and all these different bush teas to have so many health benefits. Mm. Um, but, like, I remember having chest pain and I was, like, pepper, cayenne pepper (laughs) I'm drinking this spicy (laughs) thing but listen it made it helped like it really helped so just me and it didn't cause me to vomit it didn't cause me to be constipated like like, all of these horrible things like I will take the bad, (laughs) the bad tasting you know remedies over you know if I'm going to be causing harm to to my organs and stuff because the sickle cells already doing enough of that I don't really need to add to yeah,
0: it yeah <laughs> that's, that's true and uh, mm. I wanted to ask a question with um the AVN did mm-hmm. they say it was anything preventing it or it could it just happens like just the body no, just decides
1: to it just happens this is this <laughs> these are always yeah. the things that that happened to me like I would go to appointments and they'd be like oh so that scan you did actually if you had a stroke that one time actually it was this um so you know you wait weeks for the results and then you think oh I'm gonna get the results today and it's like oh well you've got this thing where your bones are dying and I'm constantly thinking what what have I done what caused it like I kept on thinking I should never have went to the gym or whatever but it was happening anyway yeah I think depending on you know people that have sickle cell the way that sickle cell impacts them can be very different for different people so yeah with me um as I've gotten older I think I have less um kind of crisis pain but my sickle level is so high that it's doing a lot of internal damage because of the lack of oxygen everywhere in my body so just because of that it was inevitable to happen anyway. Um, as according to them, there was nothing that I really could have done to
0: prevent, prevent yeah. it
1: or not. Um, but I, unless I yeah. didn't have sickle cell, then my bones would <coughs> begin not to do uh-huh. so. that. <laughs> so, but yeah. I'm so there happy. Was
0: Oh, okay, I'm so happy it was successful and like it was both the hips or just one.
1: So I had one done um which was a total hip replacement on my left hip. That was in 2014. I was 25. And then mm. I had another procedure done which is called a decompression. That procedure, I mean, we need a whole other podcast. <laughs> Um, but that's the one it's not a hip replacement but it's where they kind of they do something to your hip to relieve the tension and the pressure to to kind of prolong it lasting before you need a hip replacement um but it was i I, that if there's one thing according to my health there's a lot of things that i would have done differently but that would Mm -hmm. probably be my number one thing that i i would say that if i i wish i didn't do that particular surgery yeah. um because it just caused more damage than it was worth really
0: yeah yeah okay so
1: I have um, two I have two scars either side of my
0: oh, hips okay so yeah but um you're alive you're
1: well you can walk exactly it's yeah. because we, woke yeah. up we weren't in pain today so yeah.
0: yeah and you're just getting stronger I think every kind of obstacle just makes you stronger and yeah um, it's true. so how would you say um passion and um through writing being an author, you know the advocacy, the podcast, how do you think that plays a role in kind of like the management of your sickle cell
1: um it's it has its ups and downs if mm-hmm. I'm being completely honest so Having essentially like a career or doing everything, like where everything in my life is focused on sickle cell. So, I Mm -hmm. wrote children's books about it. So then it's like, oh, you're an author of sickle cell and you also have sickle cell. And then Mm -hmm. you write blog posts about sickle cell. Mm -hmm. Um, At one point, I used to work for a charity in Birmingham, um, which Mm -hmm. um, used to provide support for families with sickle cell and thalassemia. Um, And I was a a mentor there and an activity worker and all all, all different (laughs) areas or different roles that I took on. But again... Mm -hmm all focused about sickle cell and then you go to these conferences and you're telling people how to look after people (laughs) with sickle cell like my whole life is sickle cell and I think at one point I found it really difficult because it's it's fine. I I, no it's not it's never fine, put it that way. I think sickle cell definitely comes with impacts on your mental well being. Um from I was a child all the way up to now, um, Mm -hmm. I was never really given any kind of support, like being able to speak to someone or, Mm -hmm. you know, talk about my, my mental well-being and how all the different experiences and complications that I've had have impacted me mentally. Yeah. And I think when you're trying to, well, not even trying to, but when people see you as this, person who is just doing it all and has sickle cell and is still fine but behind closed doors you're actually going through diagnosis and planning surgeries and trying to you know put together a team of people who are going to help you to recover and all this stuff yeah like it becomes a lot it does become a lot yeah um so it, it has its ups and downs some days I just don't even want to hear the word. If I'm being completely be honest, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to write about it. I don't. I just don't want to. And um, because I've got a lot happening, like mentally. Um, but for mo- for the most part, I just think about the impacts that I. All of the things that I do has been able to make, has been able to make. And if it helps even one person um that's just it just makes me feel better you know that's a like piece of me that thinks you know what but it's been worth it yeah um yeah. but having having therapy so at one point I was just like yeah this is getting out of hand and I had to kind of <laughs> really go and seek help um okay. and spoke to my parents and my friends and was like yeah I'm gonna mm-hmm. find a therapist because it's it's all getting too much And um, so that yeah. really helps me to kind of separate things and focus on one Mm -hmm. thing at a time almost um so I'm I'm, I manage it better but I still Mm -hmm. have my days where I'm really strict with myself of not like let's just enjoy life let's not think about suicide. let's not write about it let's not blog about it let's not do anything Mm -hmm. respond to emails you know let's just be a healthy human being for a day
0: yeah travel enjoy but do you think um so would you say that you pressure sometimes you give your Like you give yourself so much pressure. And then after you kind of realize like, wait, I actually have a health condition and I could actually just take a day off. And it would actually be like.
1: (laughs) Do you know what? I do, but I don't think that. I don't think that my pressure comes from. Sometimes in my mind, I forget. I think that's probably the honest Mm -hmm. way to to look at it. Sometimes in my mind. I forget that I have sickle cell, especially mm-hmm. where I am at now in my life. Like yeah. I remember waking up in pain and I'm, I've got to take this before I do anything. I've got to eat so I can mm-hmm. take this. And, then, you know, my life revolved around managing sickle cell. Whereas yeah. now I only manage the sickle cell if if it appears or, you know, something yeah. comes up. And I'm like, oh, um, everything that I do, <laughs> yeah, everything that I do to keep myself kind of well mm-hmm has Mm -hmm. now become like good habits or like an automatic routine so I wake up in the morning I have a liter of like warm water that's just standard that's good so I've already got one liter then throughout the day so those things I don't consciously think oh I need to drink because I've got tickles and it's gonna yeah yeah so where I'm at now I don't wake up and feel any pain I don't often I don't take any medication so Mm -hmm. you know I'm not there's nothing to remind me that I have sickle cell yeah I think the 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 main reminder that I get now is uh fatigue so I would oh. do so much <laughs> that I'm just like oh I'm exhausted I've done nothing <laughs> like I've done nothing again I'm so yeah tired. um but that's probably the one kind of I guess symptom that I I, yeah. I struggle with the most but on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis i Sometimes don't think about it. And so I think that has its pros and cons because I will push myself like I am a healthy person and I'm not going to get tired super fast. Or, you know, I do, I I think the pressure that I put on myself, it's just I put it on myself anyway, just for being how I am. Not like, like, oh, I need to work hard because I've got sickle cell. Like, I'm just like, oh, I want this to be great. So I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And then right now I'm planning an event for World Sickle Cell Day, um, a gala event. And Ooh, he's like, I so can't excited. talk to no one without speaking about the gala. I'm like, yes, oh, so the gala. My mum's like, how are you? I'm like, yes, yeah, so the gala. The gala. Thinks, the gala, the gala, the gala, darling, the gala. <laughs> She's like, do you have a break? And I'm like, yeah, but the gala. The gala. So that's just how I am That's You're passionate, working, yeah. Yeah, if I'm working on a project, I am 100% in until it's done. Yeah. And then and sickle cell just <laughs> is a reminder that,
0: Got to take Wait, slow down, yeah. yeah. But but that's it, that's definitely like how I feel, especially. And I feel like sometimes the passion for something that you're doing and that you love really helps like with your with your condition. Because right, so with me, like I have a fashion business, and last year was kind of really hectic. We had like um a 6 months license for a store and like whenever and then even just the few years before that I've always had like a team and like been working in a atelier so everything's handmade in-house and like I can be there from like 10 a.m to 10 p.m like on my feet like so much adrenaline so much excitement like doing so much like having more energy than everyone else in the room and then yep. recently I've been working more from home because like I'm fundraising and because we're trying to grow So I'm doing a lot of work from home, a lot of like emails and stuff like that. And I'm so tired, like (laughs) I can really feel the fatigue. Like I wake up in the morning and I'm exhausted. But when I had that whole schedule and I'd wake up at like 7am, you know, shower, get ready, go to the workshop and like sew and stuff like that. I had so much energy. I didn't even notice the fatigue until it got to like really late. And I was like, oh, wait. So I almost felt like it's like such a crash, like the adrenaline and the passion and the excitement kept me so alive and like thingy and then when that kind of slowed down because now I'm like fundraising we're doing all the back-end stuff I'm like literally like <laughs> like I can just eat <laughs> I take naps during oh, the day.
1: Think that <laughs> it's like your body reacts to what you feed it right so if mm-hmm. you if your body thinks okay you know that you have a schedule like I'm really yeah. like I'm strict on like keeping the schedule so I know that this is my week and that's what it looks like and it's almost like Sometimes my body works with me, like I'm. Ment- we're mentally preparing each other, like yes, this is like- what we've got to get done, and yeah. we're not gonna have a crisis. We're gonna get through it, and yeah. that adrenaline kind of keeps us going. But I, I yeah. do sometimes feel that when you're doing the back end stuff, and you do tend to relax, your body is like, oh, okay, we can relax. So then, when you try, yeah. like... Oh, let me just... Your body's like, no, no, that wasn't the, that wasn't yeah, the plan like, here. <laughs> that wasn't the plan. And I also can really relate to that kind of crash and burn. Um, mm-hmm. I used to um, organise fashion shows or be an event manager for a, a fashion oh, no. show company. Mm-hmm. And whenever we had a show, I <coughs> did not think about Sickle Cell. And sometimes I wonder if, oh my God, you yes. know, our kind of mental focus, because, you know, a lot of, like, our minds are so powerful. So if we're constantly thinking, oh, I've got to do this, oh, I've got six cell, I can't do this, I can't do this, it's almost like you're programming yourself to to be that way. Whereas yeah. if you don't think about it at all, it's like your body's not focused on it either. You're all working yeah. to focus on whatever you're doing. So I would work, like, weeks on end, waking up early, going to bed late, doing this, doing that. Yeah. Fine, fine. And then once the show was over – And these happened after every single show. As soon as I got home and went to bed, oh, that crisis would go. Yeah. (laughs) And it would be so bad. It would be so bad. But it's like my body just held out until we had the time to do it. Yeah. So I think our minds are more powerful than we think. and It's so true, yeah. We can sometimes try and use that to our advantage, just like – you know, telling yourself not telling yourself that you're you don't have sickle cell. That's like mm. silly, but that you can get through this day, or just you know, preparing yourself for what you've got ha- happening. Um, mm-hmm. It can just work in your favor sometimes. I do believe that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm. <laughs> um, So to okay, so why do you think? So this would be our last question, just to finish it off. It's been so incredible hearing from you. I know. I know, we can go on for hours. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, so why do you think there is such a lack of uh, visibility and knowledge of sickle cell or anemia? And what can people change about this?
1: I think the lack of visibility and knowledge is down to people's ignorance. Mm. And people who are not impacted by sickle cell or Have never heard of sickle cell, or don't know anyone with sickle cell, don't really seem to think that they need to care about sickle cell, Um, and therefore they don't highlight it because it doesn't seem important to them. I think journalists, um, you know, people that have these platforms, they unless it's like, oh, this is breaking news, let's be ahead of it. Like they don't care, and. Even with that, like that's one thing that I'm so done with now. Like I always know, first of all, I always know when something's coming because I'm I'm in spaces where I know months before anyway. And then yeah. it's like on the day or the day before, or a few weeks before, all of these journalists just suddenly start reaching out. Hi, let's get an interview with you for this. And, <laughs> for me. and initially... Again, this is what I say. Sometimes when you when you know too much, it kind of works mm-hmm. against you because initially you think this is amazing. Like, yeah, BBC yeah. care? <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. They don't care. Um, they don't care as a as a you know news outlet. They just care that they want to put out some news before the other one does or before anyone else yeah. does. And for us living with sickle cell, like it's, for me, that becomes frustrating because you'll share breaking news, but then there's nothing else. When it's World Sickle Cell Day and everybody could pull together to do something, to raise awareness, to, you know, scream it from the rooftops and to make noise about this condition, which is, you know, the fastest growing condition in the UK, if we're just keeping it in the UK. Yeah. That's a perfect... (laughs) time to do something yeah but, you know there's no breaking news so no one cares but you That's know book day is all over the place um mm. macmillan cancer coffee mornings or whatever it's called every single i don't even yeah. think there's a business that exists in the uk that doesn't partake in the Macmillan um, Coffee tea mornings whatever it's called yeah. so why is it that no one cares enough about sickle cell when no one can say that people don't advocate enough i i won't accept that i don't think anyone yeah. can say that people don't spread awareness i also don't think that and no one can say that it's because there's not enough education you know within our communities we don't need to educate our communities anymore i think people There are some people that still, you know, may not know. But for everyone that has sickle cell, I think they advocate enough. There are so many organizations, charities set up to raise awareness that do Mm. events, that speak to people, that go into communities, that go into churches. They do all these things. Now when I speak to people, they may say they don't really know what sickle cell is, but they've heard about it. So Mm. I think we have enough people That have seats at very, you know, top tables that are in Mm -hmm. the rooms of some high profile places where we could all, if we wanted to, do something really big that would, you know, make a difference. Um, And I just think people don't, if they're not impacted by it, they don't care.
0: Yeah and it's really sad because everybody knows about asthma and um, diabetes and all these other conditions and yeah like I went to and I think I don't know if it depends on the circles I went to a networking because I do a lot I go to a lot of entrepreneur networking events Mm -hmm. and I think I was speaking about like um, my business Gideon's Treasure how we're trying to shine a light because the fashion industry is so influential so -hmm. like my platform is really trying to get it like mix it with like the fashion and the sickle cell element to kind of get it into like fashion news because fashion is so influential and so mm-hmm. I remember just telling people about my business and everything and I think I spoke to about 10 people at the event and like um I said this in another episode of the podcast but like only two out of those people knew what the sickle cell was and other people were like they'd never heard of it and I was shocked I was like like that's such a small amount <laughs> only two out of like yeah. 10 people I spoke to and then um even with Circles. So like when I launched Gideon's Treasure in 2021, um, I did it like April around that time. And then we did a gala fashion show because I was saying, like you mentioned, single cell awareness month is September. And so is fashion month. So I tried to do this whole like gala London Fashion Week show. And it was so interesting. So many people came to see the fashion show, but we did like a short film um which we did called Living with Sickle Cell. So it was like kind of like my sister created a short form. We got like a few like students and actors and stuff to kind of play it out. I remember Mm -hmm. a lot of people were kind of just like, you could tell they were literally just here for the fashion show. And fashion week was so just like, you're kind of in, out, you want to see the show and then (laughs) like you're gone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it was so difficult because it was like, we tried to like, you know, get guest speakers and we got like the Sickle Cell Society and it was like, people were talking about these stuff and you could just look around and everyone was just like we're here for a fashion show no nobody was rude show? enough to say that but it was just like yeah so it's just kind of finding that balance of like how can we like really draw the attention but even at the same time there's so many amazing like organizations like you said that are doing so much things and so much awareness and it's just about if people actually care to know about this and I mm-hmm. think the most important thing is that you can come across somebody in your workplace even if you don't personally know somebody in your workplace if you hire somebody um like even just a friend of a friend or you go somewhere and it's so important to know because like even with us I'm not like so knowledgeable about diabetes or something but I know like if somebody has it I know already oh like maybe they need they have like an. there's like a little bit of knowledge so if there was something to ever happen it would be like do you have like your insulin or like you'd kind of be like how can I help you like Like you know some
1: conditions where we just know automatically what to do yeah
0: and then with sickle cell like someone's just having a random crisis they look completely fine and the next minute they're like I've had times when I've gone to school and it was like the first day like um my foundation course and they had to call the ambulance cuz i don't know if i was just overwhelmed by the first day but i got like a crisis and everyone was kind of just like shocked cuz came and they just didn't know what, know what to, to do. do they were like, they were like what is this what's happening to this girl and because I'm always dressed up they just don't assume like this girl that's all glamorous all of a sudden she's like for health conditions exactly. like, I'm having a crisis <laughs> it is and then <laughs> they think like I remember something similar <laughs> happening to me I used to
1: work at um, Selfridges um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like in Selfridges at level 4, the level looking all glam yeah, and like, then ooh. I don't know what I was granted I was at work and I probably shouldn't have been there but yeah that's a whole nother kind of you know working in that world and living with sickle cells mm-hmm. just carries its own things and yeah you know you don't want to be too sick for too long because everyone gets bored and all of that stuff uh, so I was at yeah. work and I probably shouldn't have been I was sick and I just fully collapsed and was throwing up and everything and I don't know what happened oh my
0: gosh, yeah. Ambulance had
1: to come and everything and I'm just like but literally, like, on the floor. It was crazy. And even though I used to say, like, everybody knew I had sickle cell, no one knew what it was. And then after that, they were like, oh my gosh, she's got sickle cell. What does it mean? I don't know. No one knows what to do. And I remember when I came back to work, like, I think I was off for a good, like, couple of weeks. When I came back, everyone was looking at me weird and, they basically were just like, oh, you know, we thought you died. Oh, God. And my I was God. just like, like <laughs> no, like. It <laughs> doesn't like, this, exist. you know, a bit of sick. I'm glad. <laughs> but, like, these, yeah, I'm things good now. That these things that we've been through, like, that sickle cell, like, but yeah. going back to what you were saying, like, I just think that it doesn't, Either it doesn't impact enough people, or the people who could make a difference are just not interested. Because there are a lot of yeah. you know high-profile people that I know have sickle cell and try to do you know um, the most with it. Uh, even in the fashion industry, you've got like Jordan mm. Dunn, My son has sickle cell. Yeah, but I, I remember sending those emails. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But but then I remember um, you know I had a conversation with someone someone else, actually, and them saying that whenever they try to do something relating to Cell, no one cares. I and mean, it's just but like... They, they can still have... just use
0: their platform. Like, you could just... It doesn't matter. Like, and then that kind of puts it into, like, oh, are you just there for, like, the likes and the, just reshares, for the likes and, Yeah, or exactly. Or do you actually... Because,
1: yeah. There's so many. But I don't even just look at the people who are directly, are impacted directly or indirectly. Like, okay, you've got people that have sickle cell. um, You've got people that may have children or family relatives with sickle cell. But if we think about the stigma that the UK has then, which is that sickle cell is a black condition, which it's not, but we know that it mostly (laughs) impacts people of African um, heritage or Caribbean heritage, right? Yeah. Then we make up the majority of like people in the UK black people we make up a majority we're not actually a yeah. minority if we were to all pull together there's a hell of a lot of us so if every black person in the industry was to pull together and do yeah. something for us we would have absolutely I know. no problems global awareness so, like so many yeah it's just yeah. I th- it's just down to people not caring not think it's important and yeah which yeah. sad yeah it's but, terrible you know but <laughs>
0: There's going to be a change soon.
1: There is. I <laughs> sometimes get tired of saying
0: that. But <laughs> there is. Shove it in people's faces. like. No, I, I never used to really talk about it. And it wasn't even a, a stigma thing. It was just like, like you said, if you're not always having crisis and you're not around people, there's not really a need to really share. But now I've gotten to that point where I'm just like, I just, I tell people just in case there's like a shocking moment, I'm out having coffee with a friend and then, like, yeah. That's happened so many times, but um. But
1: there's so yeah, many think, there, there's so many reasons where it doesn't even have to be oh just in case you have a crisis like even things like blood donation like people should yeah. know because you know blood blood transfusions blood exchanges I've had exchanges that have literally saved my life like I wouldn't be here no, if I didn't yeah. have that exchange and then you have people that don't donate blood they don't know why they should they don't see why it's important other people do it and it's like um. Blood is very like it, it, it's form. important for us to have blood that's from the same ethnicity as the yeah. donor. Like it makes a difference. So yeah. even just explaining things like that to people can have. It, there's just there's just no excuse. There's no excuse. Yeah there's no excuse so true but
0: yeah.
1: thank you so so
0: much I thoroughly enjoyed this like I feel like I'm having a, a proper good time having too much fun we need it's to have like, fun. a coffee yeah. we'll do our own yeah. coffee, coffee morning that yeah, will probably lead, lead into the afternoon i like drinks I know happy no. drinks <laughs> yeah. But yeah but it's been lovely Yay and thank you so much for being so open and honest and sharing your experiences and please uh, tell everyone your socials where we can follow you and see what you're doing your future like the gala date anything you want to share The gala Yeah
1: <laughs> the gala talk about the gala we to talk about the gala Okay so um our, my website is myfriendjen.co.uk um all the projects and campaigns and events and everything that i'm doing are all on Woo. that website so that's like a one stop shop so myfriendgen.co.uk and then we're also on social media which is myfriendgen intl standing for international um so everything yeah is is literally just myfriendgen if you go to the website you'll be redirected to me yeah um, and then <laughs> if you want to follow me my personal journey i do share separate things because I know it's really important to be mindful of, I, I never like to kind of um, influence people on their sickle cell journeys, mm. but I do share yeah. a lot of my own journey and holistic and things that I do and stuff. Um, and yeah. that's uh, just J. Leah on every every platform, basically. Um, yeah. So just J. Leah, yeah. And the gala is on the 10th of June in Birmingham, ooh, UK. Ooh. So if you feel like coming to Birmingham, yeah. head on down, <laughs> it's going to be good. Um, We've got um, some really influential people hosting. We've got One Extra DJ... Um, Ooh, we've got David okay. Whitley as the host um, it's going to be like education awareness celebration and just bougie-ness so it's really exciting Ooh, so, yeah. we love it yes so make sure
0: you Amazing. come to the garland darlings yes yeah. so I'm so excited I'm like she's gonna yeah. be wearing something spectacular you know
1: that's <laughs> what I'm wearing <laughs> you've
0: got
1: to come to the yeah. But yeah I'm really excited I think that's like the biggest event so far that we've got plan this year um and i'm oh, so excited amazing. about it so if Yay. if you want to do something for sickle cell make sure you come and also i would say kind of just to subscribe on the my friend jen page because we do yeah. um have regular announcements of like what the world sickle cell day theme will be for mm-hmm. this year how you can participate how you can support someone and all that kind of stuff so yeah get involved
0: Ooh, incredible thank you <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's living with Sickle cell podcast. Please subscribe to our channel so that you'll be able to get updates for our next episodes. Um, like our Instagram pages, which are Gideon's underscore treasure and Atelier underscore Dimmerbite. The description will be in the, um, podcast notes and, um, If you would like to be a guest speaker and share your story, please send an email to barbara at gideonstreasure.org.uk. Thank you so much for listening and see you soon. Love you and God bless.